Hey, good morning, everybody. This is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Welcome to our Sunday morning pre-recorded service. It's great to have you with us. Today, throughout our, our service, we want to invite you to engage, whether you're alone or with your family or with a friend, uh, to engage the teaching and content throughout the morning. This is meant to be an interactive service. So throughout the morning, when you see the asterisk symbol at the top of the screen, that's your clue to get ready to pause the video. And if you're alone, you can write down your thoughts or just spend some time in meditation or prayer. If you're with friends or family, you can pause the video and have a conversation. Today we are wrapping up our series through the book of Proverbs that we've called A Word to the Wise. And this morning's service is going to be built around the concept of the steadfast love of the Lord, which really shows up throughout the scriptures. But our verse from Proverbs today comes from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6, where it says, Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. Isn't that beautiful? Just at the start of our service, let me read that again. Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. That's Proverbs 16, 6. Now this, this word that's translated into English as unfailing love is the word hased in Hebrew. And it shows up throughout the Hebrew scriptures. And maybe it's most famous um, most famous time that it shows up is in Exodus 34 when the Lord reveals himself to Moses. Moses asks the Lord to show him his glory and the Lord, the Lord passes by Moses and says, the Lord, the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh. And he says, um, filled with steadfast love. It's this word hased. And we're going to be talking and thinking about this word throughout the morning. So at the start of our service, what I'd like to do is actually read that passage from Exodus 34 together, sort of as our call to worship into the presence of God this morning. So I want to invite you to stand wherever you're at. If you're, if you're physically able or you're in a place, a physical location where you're able to, I just invite you to stand and read this out loud with me from Exodus chapter 34, starting in verse 1. Let's read it together. Then the Lord told Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb out up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first ones. Early in the morning he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped. And he said, O Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. 
Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and sins. Claim us as your own special possession. You can be seated. Once again, our, our theme verse this morning from Proverbs is Proverbs 16.6, related to this passage in Exodus, where the writer of Proverbs says, unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. Now, God has declared that one of his foundational characteristics is being a God of unfailing love and faithfulness. The writer of Proverbs is taking that from this Exodus passage, this description of God, and showing how that causes God to act among us and among his people. What does the unfailing love and faithfulness of God compel him and cause him to do in our lives? Well, unfailing love and faithfulness makes atonement for sins. So we're going to be talking about that in this morning's message about the atoning work of Jesus Christ through his unfailing love and faithfulness as we wrap up our series in Proverbs. Before we go to the sermon, I just want to invite you to pause the video here and reflect on the following questions before we continue in the morning service. What do you think it felt like to Moses to have the Lord pass by and declare his name? What was that like for Moses? What, what must have he felt like and, and ex- how, how would he have experienced that? And then have you ever felt or experienced the Lord's presence in such a way that it caused you to fall to your knees in reverence and worship in a similar way to Moses? So go ahead and discuss these and then join us for this morning's teaching. Welcome to the teaching portion of today's pre-recorded service. Once again, today's theme comes from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6, and it's about the steadfast love and faithfulness of God and how it leads to his atoning work. Before we get into today's scripture and the teaching, would you join me for a word of prayer? Let's invite the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us through his word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the book of Proverbs that your spirit saw fit uh, to to preserve throughout the many ages and pass down to the different generations and that we get to glean from the wisdom that you've embedded in these scriptures and in this text. We thank you for this morning's verse that speaks of your unfailing love and faithfulness and how that theme reveals itself throughout scriptures and how your unfailing love leads to your atoning work in our life. What a gift, how good it is to know you, God. We thank you for this and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 16.6 says, Unfailing love and faithfulness makes atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. This is the culmination of our series in the book of Proverbs, which we've been in for about eight or nine weeks now. We have uh, been looking at wisdom in the book of Proverbs. We've been looking at this word chokmah in Hebrew, which is translated into the English as the word wisdom, or perhaps your translation has the word knowledge. Regardless, it comes from this Hebrew word chokmah, and it means more than just factual information. Wisdom isn't just about knowing stuff. Wisdom is about knowing how to live, how to take information and put it into our lives, how to apply it. And so one good definition for wisdom or a good way to think about it is applied knowledge. We've also seen throughout the book of Proverbs how wisdom has to do with being skilled 
skillful in the work uh, that God has entrusted to us. And so some of the people that are described as people of wisdom are the artisans that built the tabernacle. They're said to be filled with a spirit of wisdom, and that's usually translated in the uh, Deuteronomy passage with the English word skillful. So it means applied knowledge, it means skillful work. We've also seen that wisdom is a character trait of God. God's foundational character trait is love. God is love. But uh, a closely tied into his love is his wisdom. And so it's a foundational characteristic of who God is. He is a God of wisdom. And we see this in his son. Paul writes that all the treasures of knowledge and wisdom have been hidden, have been found in Jesus Christ. Which is related to this next point, that wisdom is God's co-creator. And we saw this in Proverbs chapter 8, that God created the world with wisdom. He, he founded the world upon principles of wisdom, principles of truth, principles of, of his very character being poured out and built into creation itself. And we've seen um, how the book of Proverbs reveals that wisdom is woven into the very fabric of the cosmos. In other words, we were designed to live by and for wisdom. It is who God made you to be. God designed you to be a person of wisdom. And he has given us ways of growing in wisdom, of seeking after wisdom, which has been what we've talked about a lot in the preceding weeks. So I want to just put it all together. I, I didn't just randomly choose Proverbs I wanted to build something as we walk through the book of Proverbs. So hopefully we're going to see it culminate in today's teaching. So uh, let's put it all together. We started with the teaching that comes from Proverbs chapter 1, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the foundation of wisdom to have awe and reverence for God, to know who he is and know who we are. That's a great definition for what it means to fear God. It's knowing who he really is and who we are in life of who he is and then acting accordingly. So to have fear, to know who God is and know who we are is to fear the Lord and that's the beginning, that's the starting point of wisdom. And then we uh, we looked at how the book of Proverbs invites us to go on a treasure hunt like pirates seeking for buried treasure. We are to seek after wisdom. And so over and over again is this repeated invitation to seek after wisdom like a treasure. It's to be more valued than gold. There is nothing that you can desire that compares with her, says the writer of Proverbs. So wisdom is a foundational characteristic of God and living by wisdom is God's intention for each person. So we seek it like a treasure. Then we looked at uh, Proverbs chapter 3 where it says, do not despise discipline for the Lord disciplines the one he loves. A person of wisdom is a person who leans into the discipline of God, not despising it, not pushing it away, but actually leaning into it, embracing God's discipline, knowing that he builds wisdom in our lives through his, uh, through his discipline and his discipline is motivated by his love for us. 
We looked at the verse in Proverbs chapter 10 that says hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses, which is going to be related to this morning's passage in Proverbs 16. So hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. And if you watched that teaching or listened in on that teaching, you saw how both clauses in that statement are meta-narratives that run from Genesis to Revelation. Over and over again in the scriptures, we see how hatred leads to chaos, leads to anger, leads to suffering. And we see over and over again in the scriptures how the love of God by those who receive it covers all offenses and that God has invited us to live in the same way. And then in the last couple weeks, we've looked at how a person who is righteous has regard, not just for the life of the people around them, but has regard for the life of all of creation. And so God has created us as his image bearers to tend the earth, to care for creation, to be his co-caretakers in creation. And then that leads us to the culmination of this series, which is found in Proverbs chapter 16, that the unfailing love and faithfulness of God makes atonement for sin, and by fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. So um, this, this idea of fearing the Lord, we avoid evil, that's connected to where we started. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So fear of God is the, is the start of the journey to being a person of wisdom. It's also a way that we avoid evil. We took a couple weeks to look at Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. Lady Folly is referenced in chapter 7. And we talked about how do we avoid her voice, her seduction into the way of destruction, into the way of death, the voice of folly. Well, this verse answers that. By fearing the Lord, by having reverence for God, by knowing who he is and who we are in relation to him, we avoid evil. In the beginning of this verse, it says the fear, um, excuse me, it says the unfailing love and faithfulness atones for sin. What does atonement mean? It's kind of a big, fancy theological word to atone. What do you, what do you hear? What do you think of when you hear the word atonement? Well, to atone for something is to make payment or reparation for sin or wrongdoing. And so if I were to sin against you, there's a need to atone for that. When we sin against God, there's a need to receive a covering, a payment. Propitiation is another word that covers much of the same meaning. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, which we'll look at at the close of our service, it says that Jesus is the atonement for our sins. And not just our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Anyone who believes in Christ, Christ becomes the payment for our sins. Well, why did Christ do that? Where did that work of Christ come from? Why was God motivated to send his son to love the world and lay down his life for you and I? Well, it's his unfailing love, which we see in Exodus 34 when the Lord declares his name to Moses and passes by him. He says, the Lord, the Lord slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, unfailing love. Now this word, unfailing love, it comes from the Hebrew word hased, 
And hesed is one of the most beautiful words in the Hebrew language. It's been called the untranslatable word because there is no word in English or German or Spanish or French or Greek. There's, there's no word in other languages that can capture the full range of meaning of the Hebrew word hesed. There's no um, English word that can capture it. And so what has happened um, is that actually there are several English terms that have entered the lexicon because people have attempted to translate the meaning of hesed into English. The King James Version of the Bible uses 14 different English words to translate hesed, depending on the passage. The English word loving kindness, the hyphenated word loving kindness, was coined, it was invented, this word was invented by Miles Coverdale in 1535, in the year 1535, in an attempt to capture the meaning of hesed in English. Hesed has been the inspiration of the creation of new English terms and words that have now become um, ingrained into the English vernacular. Many biblical scholars have described this word as untranslatable not just into English, but like I said, into many other languages because of the depth and beauty of this word. This is the word in Proverbs 16 that uh, describes the unfailing love of God. It's his hesed. It's his steadfast, loving kindness. It's this, this principle, this characteristic that God describes who he is. And so when John says in his epistle, God is love, even though that's in Greek, what he's most likely, almost assuredly trying to communicate is that God is unfailing love. He is steadfast, loving kindness. He is the God of his son. The songwriter, uh, the worship songwriter, Michael Card, who's also a biblical uh, scholar, he wrote an entire book around this word, has said, called Inexpressible. That's the title of the book, how, how it's almost impossible, it's inexpressible to be able to capture the meaning of this word into human language outside of this, uh, this Hebrew word, hesed. And he writes in his book about Jesus's uh, thoughts around unfailing love. He says in Luke chapter 6, Jesus tells his followers that they should love their enemies, that they should bless those who curse them and offer the other cheek to someone who strikes them. If someone takes your sweater, Jesus says, says, give them your shirt too. It is the cost of embracing the new reality of Jesus over and against the old orthodoxy. If you are fully engaged and you listen to the text in Luke, you will feel the anxiety of his first disciples and perhaps even the outrage of the scribes and Pharisees. What he's getting at here is Jesus, in teaching us to love our enemies, is teaching us the very characteristic of God that has caused him to love us even while we are still sinners. Christ died for us. Even while we were God's enemies, he still loved us. Proverbs 16, 6 says, Unfailing love and faithfulness atones for sin. Jesus is that atonement. God is the God of said love, the God of unfailing love, of steadfast, loving kindness. And he has loved us in the same way. And he says to us, go and do likewise. So we're not only 
to be a people who receive the unfailing love of Jesus, the chesed, the faithfulness of Jesus, which makes atonement in our life. We're to be a people who channel that and offer it freely, even to our enemies. A good uh, discipline for us to do regularly is to read the Sermon on the Mount and think about the way that Jesus has laid down his kingdom principles in that foundational teaching. And right at the center of the Sermon on the Mount is the love your enemy passage that um, Luke also captures. So as we wrap up today's teaching, I want to invite you to reflect on the following questions. How has God atoned for your sins? Of course, the Sunday school answer is that Jesus Christ has laid down his life for us and we find atonement through the cross of Christ. And that is absolutely true and correct. But is there anything specifically that you can think of um, that causes you to worship God when you think about his atoning work in your life? So how has God atoned for your sins? Why has God done this for you? What has motivated God to atone for your sins even while you are yet a sinner? And what is it in the character of God that causes him to show this kind of mercy and grace? Before I invite you to reflect on these questions, let me just read this passage as we wrap up our series in Proverbs one more time. This beautiful verse in Proverbs 16.6. It says, Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. Let me pray and then I invite you to go into that time of reflection through these questions. Father, we thank you for your unfailing love and faithfulness shown most perfectly, most clearly, most explicitly through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that your word and your spirit and the community of Christ around us continue to testify and witness to your unfailing love within us daily. Every day we are reminded that the faithfulness of the Lord is new. Just like the sun rises, the faithfulness of God appears in our lives day after day through the person of Christ, through the ministry of the Spirit, through the abiding word of God, and through the community of Christ that you have invited us to be a part of. You're an amazing, amazing God filled with unfailing love and faithfulness, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, I invite you to go into the time of reflection with the following questions and then join us for the end of the service. I hope you had a great time of discussion as a family or just time of reflection with the Lord around the concept of God's atoning work in your life. This week as I was thinking uh, about these verses from Proverbs and the teaching, I was also reminded of the beautiful verse in 1 John chapter 2 where the Apostle John writes in verse 1 and 2, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. Now listen to this. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Again, that's 1 John 2, 2. As we wrap up our service, one more chance for you to interact with today's uh, content. Uh, through discussion or through personal reflection, I'd invite you for the next few minutes to consider the following questions to put this into application in your life, this concept of walking with the Lord who is 
filled with unfailing love and faithfulness, but also invites us to live in the same way. So can you think of a creative way to invite someone else in your life to experience this type of life-changing love from God? How are you going to pass it on, the love that God has given you to those in your life? And is there a person in your life, can you identify a specific person in your life that you may have an opportunity to show unfailing love and faithfulness towards in the coming week? Take a moment to reflect on this and then join us for today's closing and benediction. As we wrap up our series in Proverbs, I'm going to close with the benediction I've been using each week from the book of Numbers, the priestly blessing. So I invite you to open up your hands uh, to receive the benediction today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I pray that today's teaching was encouraging to you, that you would walk in the atoning work of Jesus Christ, receiving his unfailing love and faithfulness, and that you yourself would reciprocate in kind to those in your life, that you would be a channel, a river of God's unfailing love and faithfulness to those around you. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving. Pray that you enjoy time with family and loved ones um, in the, this coming weekend. Be blessed. Go with God. Have a great day.